Hi, hi, hi. Hi, guys. Welcome back and happy Thursday. All right, guys. I got a little chill right there. It's a little chilly in here. We're back to talk about the Real Housewives of Orange County. And as you guys know, for the last two weeks, I am not in my studio. So the live is looking a little bit different. That accompanied with my allergies and whatever the is going on with my face and my eye. I'm addressing it. It's almost like when somebody makes a joke about themselves before you get to it. I just got you before your ass got me. And that's how I feel. So I'm calling it out first. With that, guys, I want to hear what you think about last night's episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County. So rate it 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. And let's welcome our very special guest, Ricky Cornish. We love Ricky. Smash the like button. Hey, Ricky. What up, girl? Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, my gosh. I always love having you. When I text you, I'm like, I don't know if Ricky's going to be available. And sometimes, you know, you're a busy guy. You have a lot going on. I do. I'm actually glad you got me this week because next week I'll be traveling, going to Chicago around this time. So I don't know if I'll be available next week. So I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that you texted me for this week because, you know, I love chatting with you. You're like a weekly meeting that I actually look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like a weekly sort of key key. And if you guys could only see what the conversations were like once the recording stopped, you would die. But that's what that's Bravo not is for. Come see <laughs> us at BravoCon and you'll see Adam and I cutting up. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Ricky, welcome back. And of course, I have a very important question for you. How are we feeling so far about this season? It's great. It really is. Like, I'm not even trying to be biased or anything. It is the best Housewives that's on right now, if you ask me. And I feel like it's been delivering since episode one. Like, each episode has something interesting, and they're, like, keeping things interesting for us to watch. I can't believe we're already at the halfway point with the mid-season trailer already dropping. That's crazy to me. I think, I mean, I when I saw that, with the mid-season trailer too. The thing is, is I have to give Tamara Judge this. She said that this is her favorite season so far and that it was going to deliver and it was a great season. Now, I think us as viewers, we come in with really hard trust issues, guys, because we get promised a lot. And normally it's by Andy Cohen, because I get it, that's his job. But sometimes by the talent too. And you never know what to believe, so we always just make up our mind as we go. But this season to me has already delivered so far. And going into the mid-season trailer, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, are you all going to make it out of this? <laughs> right? It had a little bit of everything, right? Like, everybody had their own moment. And I remember um, going on Twitter afterward, and people were even saying, we didn't even really see Tamara versus Heather in the mid-season trailer. And that's apparently, like, a big focal point of the, uh, you know, of the final episodes. So I feel like there's a lot we also didn't see in this mid-season trailer. So I think the OC ladies are really bringing it. I wonder, too, I think that Tamara and Shannon operate, like, they do well in numbers. That's why they kind of come together, and then they have Vicky. And then at the point that it's the Tres Amigas, and they've all had their own individual issues with Heather Debro. I feel like it's one of those, like, it's like almost, not Mean Girls, but like the movie, Mean Girls. It's like, you can't sit with us! And we're just, we're just gonna go in. But this was, this was an interesting one. So, we kicked back off where, or kicked back where we left off. And that was with Tamara telling Shannon, you can't trust Heather because she told me some shit about your relationship. But yet we still don't know what exactly Heather told Tamara. Do you have any guesses? I mean, it definitely looks like Heather said something about, you know, her relationship with John. And, you know, it's interesting because we don't know what it is yet, right? We don't know exactly what Heather said. We don't know what the context is. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what it was that she said, like what this conversation was about, because we know Tamara, you know, stirring the pot and bringing things to the show. I mean, she even left Shannon off guard. I mean, Shannon's running off to the producers saying, no, we can't include this in the show and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we don't know exactly what Heather said. So I'm very interested to see how they're going to spin this to make it look like Heather said something crazy, you know? Yeah, because sometimes I feel like these housewives do a really good job of making a mountain out of a molehill. And it's like, and I hate saying the word molehill. Like, yeah. that's, <laughs> it makes me like, ugh. but it was like, did you watch, watch What Happens Live last night? I didn't, unfortunately. I crashed out. I watched the episode at like 1 a.m. last night. Oh my God. Remind me at the end of this, because as it was going on, Andy Cohen asked, so the bartender was the guy from The Quiet Woman who owns it. Right? Dudes. So he was asked, who's your favorite housewife that attends? And Shannon, um, he said, Shannon, Shannon's my favorite. And then he went from there and Andy said, who's your least favorite? And 
Kelly or something to that effect. We got to the point that he said, Kelly Dodd is my least favorite housewife that attends because she wants the most attention. Well, Jason and I went with Rick and Kelly and Megan from the show when we went to go interview her to the quiet woman that night. And they were like all over Kelly and Rick, Kelly and Rick, like you could tell they bring a lot of business there. And I was just sort of shocked when I saw that. So the first thing I do being messy ass me, I text Kelly and I was like, oh girl, I know you're on the West Coast. I know that you're not on the East Coast. So I don't know if you saw this yet, but did you see Watch What Happens Live? And then boom, I get a phone call. And I'm like, and when I see Kelly Dodd on my phone, my heart just like bumps out of my chest. And I'm like, ah, Jason's upstairs in the bath. I'm running upstairs and I'm like, Jason. (laughs) I get Kelly on the phone and Kelly's like, what the is going on? I didn't see this shit. And I was like, girl, listen, I will record it and send it to you. I recorded it sent it to her. She was filming her recap, right? So as she's filming the recap, she ended up sharing something with me, which I'm not going to share on here, but come to find out it was on the teleprompter for the guy to say that she was the worst housewife that goes to the quiet woman. What? And it was confirmed by Vicky and Shannon. Like they said it? Good luck to them because Kelly Dodd is one for receipts and she has no problem sharing them. Like even when she went on her recap, I didn't know she was going to say she's like up and Adam texted me, which is so funny. She always says up and Adam. I'm like, it's it's just Adam, Kelly. But she like they sent her this thing, letting her know, listen, Kelly, we like we love you. And even here's so and so here's the owner. And I love you, Kelly. It was just on the teleprompter. And they wanted us to say that I, I it wasn't for me. And I'm like, that kind of feels really shitty. So wait a minute. Like you're not even on the show anymore and they're just going to rip you. Doesn't no it? Reason. I, if I were to guess, um, they probably did that because they knew Kelly would react and that's going to make them talk about the show and whatever. That's exactly why I think they would do it. So I kind of feel bad for Kelly. I feel like she's just feeding right into what they wanted. They knew she was going to react. They knew she was going to talk about it. So that's why they threw her name under the bus, which is just unfortunate because it goes to show that these shows, they just, you know, they really just use these women for entertainment purposes and to bring the money in and for shock value and to get people talking. And that's exactly what they did with this. So that's, that's exactly what they did. And Vicky Harnish said Kelly was shocked. And then she went on after that and said, um, shaking and said, up and Adam is talking to me. Yeah, no, I, I wish I could just, Kelly will release the video. You guys will die when she does, but we'll get back. Let's get back into the drama of the show. I was just shook it. I'm like, you're going to put that on a teleprompter? Like, who's the worst person to come in? And you just... Uh, you're you're right, though. It's like, you guys know you're going to get a reaction out of Kelly Dodd. And that's exactly what they got. And here we are talking about it. And I'm sure before we know it, page six is going to be reporting on this or somebody. And they're going to be like, Kelly Dodd rips Bravo and Andy Cohn and watch what happens live for teleprompter snafu. Exactly. And Bravo will smile. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be like, mm-hmm. well, that's what Andy said on Watch What Happens Live too. He said, in three, two, one, we're about to get some tweets from Kelly. But exactly. you already knew that if you put it on the teleprompter. Mm-hmm. They just, they played right into it. Yeah, they played right into it. All right. So in this episode, we also get Tamara going to meet up with Jennifer Pedranti. Yeah. Well, she tells Jennifer, which I'm so sick of. This is kind of reminiscent of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, like, the rat conversation. How many times are you going to make up with this woman and then rip her and her relationship apart and then come back together and be like, you know what? I want to be good with you. I want things to be okay. We're friends. I love you. I just, you know, I, I, I don't want to keep attacking you. And then you see this woman who's on the receiving end of it, not attacking Tamara at all, not saying anything shitty about her. And she's like, I want that too, Tamara. I will always have your back. I'll always be your friend. No matter what you do to me, I'll hold you up. And I'm like, no, Jennifer, we need to light a fire under your ass. And you need to like, we need to put on our steel toe boots. And that is not how we play this game. Because if she's going to keep throwing you under the bus, we got to get some tough skin. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows me, that is one of my biggest pet peeves. Whenever somebody like treats me badly or like whatever, like is it like in a bad mood, like whatever it is. And then they project their like, feelings onto me and then they try and say the reason that they were treating me so horribly is because they have a lot going on in their personal life yeah no that's not an excuse because at the end of the day i've been through things personally like everybody does everybody goes through bad phases in their lives i am not the type 
that if something's going bad in my life, that I'm going to take it out on you or I'm going to start being a bitch to everybody else around me. Like that's not who I am. So I don't ha- I don't consider that an excuse. If you have something going on over there, that doesn't give you the right to treat me crazy. So if I was Jen and Tamara was trying to say, I'm just sorry, I have a lot going on. Like, girl, you're attacking my my relationship. You're attacking my character. Like that has nothing to do with what you have going on personally. So I wish Jen would have kind of been like, girl, I, I'm gonna, if, if you really are my friend, you would know that you should not be treating me that way as your friend and that you're gonna have to do some real work to try and get this friendship back at a good place. I'm not just gonna be able to forgive you overnight. So, and I just thought it was also kind of silly. I'm like, Tamara, you know, you're the pot stirrer of the group. Like you're really trying to say that you have some personal stuff going on, going on that's making you act this way. Like, come on. Yeah. It's called your personal relationship with tequila. (laughs) Like that's the personal shit going on. But also, no, I get that too, because I'm very protective over my own relationship when it comes to outside people. And I'm very like, it's like the one thing and it's most people's one thing. Like you don't attack their family, friends, you know, kids or relationship. I also operate that way. And I get very reactive in those sorts of situations. And I feel like if I were Jennifer in this moment, looking at her, like at the point you've said it, he's a cheater. He, he's never not cheated on a girl. She said, yes, I know that. And I see a different side of him. He's an asshole. He's a cheater. He's an asshole. He's a cheater. It's like, yeah, we get that Tamara. Like what? Not every, like, it doesn't have to be every scene. She understands if the whole goal is to split up the relationship, it just might like, it's like, maybe what are you doing? Yeah. Mess. Like even Gina said, like the only person that Jennifer is hurting is herself. She's not attacking anybody else. She's just, this is self-inflicted. 100%. Like she's just doing it to herself. Like poor Jen, like Jen really hasn't done anything at all. I'm actually really glad that we're seeing Shannon kind of speak up for her. Cause she's like, everybody's coming after this woman and her relationship. Like leave her alone. She hasn't done anything to anybody. She literally just, just joined the show. I mean, the girl is like, I, I gotta give, I think this is one of the reasons I like Jen so much is, you know, it's one thing when a new girl comes onto the show and they're just like fun and we just like them and they bring a good energy. Like I kind of think of Leah on her first season of Roni. Like she was just fun. She wasn't like taking the women's crap. Like she was just like, great. Kind of like Kelly Dodd, her first season. She yeah. wasn't taking any crap. Like she was just having fun, doing what she wanted to do. I give Jen a lot of credit because not only is Jen just trying to come in and like have some fun, she is getting like berated by all of these women about her relationship. And that is so hard when you don't even know how to do this show in the first place. So I'm giving her a lot of credit right now. Yeah. And I I think though, too, I'm giving her credit on this too. And I would have felt like in this moment when Tamara said, you know what? Shannon and John invited us on his boat. And I would like to formally invite you on Not My Boat. To go on a triple date on someone else's boat. And I, I I think that that would be a good, it would be a good move. And maybe we can have Eddie and Ryan and everybody, we can put it behind us and let's just move forward. I'm like, girl, this is a setup. If I've ever seen one, don't go on the boat. Please don't go on the, call production and say, you took a, like, you're sick. Mm-hmm. No, literally at that point, I was like, just bring the producer in to orchestrate this conversation. I'm like, at this point, just like have the producer come in and say, hey, we have a scene in mind. We really want to get Ryan and Eddie together. Can we make that happen? Like, come on, save us all the theatrics. Like, let's just get this going. We know what the what the vision was for this. So let's just get to it. <laughs> you know what I thought was funny, too? I was talking to one of the people associated with Orange County and I've heard this before from a different for a different franchise, but seeing it like hearing it from a totally separate franchise that they're they pretty much say that what they do is like so when Tamra when John and Shannon ended up getting up and walking away and going to the bathroom, they'll sit there on the other side of the table and it'll say Shannon John bathroom, and it's like a signal to them. So then Shannon's like, "Oh, I, I gotta pee," and John's like, "Yeah, I gotta pee too." And Tamara's like, oh, "Okay, I guess this is our time to talk." And it's like, it's kind of wild because you forget how sometimes the production part of it. I just I get fascinated by that stuff because I can't unsee it. You know? 
Mm-hmm. No, me too. I'm exactly the same way. And for me, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because I've worked in TV, but also maybe just watching this show for so long. Like, you know, when it's like obvious when things are being set up to happen, like, hello, Shannon has to go to the bathroom all of a sudden. John's like, I'm going to go with you. And then the second they leave, literally, I think Tamara said like, okay, let's talk about it now. Like, it's just like, so like, We're like I'm like, on. I would rather just, can you please, can somebody please pan the camera over to the producer holding the sign that says bathroom? Because that's to me great tv too just let us see it break the fourth wall i completely agree with you i love it when a producer steps onto the scene i love it when they show the camera crew like trying to figure things out because for me that's when you know it's that to me looks like reality you are showing the cameras you're showing the producer stress you're showing this like that's the reality of the situation but yeah even just breaking the fourth wall a little bit and just seeing the cameraman in the background and stuff like that to me shows you like this is the reality here if you want to see what the reality of this dinner is like there's cameras there's producers there's a boom mic i mean there's people working so show it you know just show it all yeah all right well we'll pan over to mr bro because heather bro had a lot going on this episode and it was interesting her sitting down with Mark Cuban to talk about this. Is it called Fireside? Is that the platform? I think so. Yeah. Fireside, which honestly, I was a little confused by the concept of Fireside because the way that they were speaking about it, I'm like, this sounds like YouTube. Yeah. Like you're saying a platform where you create a show, which many people have True, true shows on here where they edit it down to the T. They spend a lot of time. Like, Mr. Beast pretty much has his own show on here. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many people who are already doing that. But then she was saying, it's like lifestyle. It's like this. It's like this. And I'm like, I am so confused. What Mm -hmm. the hell is going on? So it's just like it's it's like Twitter and Instagram. Or Twitter and threads. Just a competing platform. Yeah. And then it, who was it? Emily who said OnlyFans or something like that. So I was like, is it adult content? Is it all kinds of content? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't. Yeah, I didn't really understand what that was all about. Um, I, I think maybe it was just maybe Heather just using it for something like just to I get what she was kind of trying to say, maybe trying to use this as the thing to help her break back into entertainment. Like that would definitely make sense. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of the direction she was going with it. Um, And then it really kind of tied into what we see later with her talking about moving back to L.A. and getting that penthouse and all of that. So it seems like she's just laying down the groundwork of her trying to get back to L.A. or trying to get back into entertainment, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Actually, you know what? I think that you said it perfect. And we can just leave that there because I feel like that's not – well, I don't know what else to say. I don't know Fireside Island, (laughs) New York. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I've seen photos and you do. And those are lies. But it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we also then in this episode have Gina and Jen Pedranti meet up. And I thought that this was kind of cool because really I didn't necessarily understand when Gina was having such big reactions. It read to me over her reactions over Jennifer Pedranti read to me that she was reading the headlines that Taylor Armstrong was taking her full-time position and she needed to act now. And this was an easy thing to sort of use for a storyline because I never got like, how can you sit in the same room with your ex who you had this unfortunate domestic violence situation with and you can't sit in the room with this woman who she's not even the one who cheated. Right. Well, kind of. Well, I mean, maybe she kind yeah. of did. I mean, sorry. Okay, Jennifer. I apologize. I'm not trying to go in on the train on you either. But we agree to move forward. I like that. And as we agree to move forward, not only did Jennifer just sort of kind of pull this back together with Gina or put it together in the first place, but Gina's like, I got your back. Because I feel like Tamara's being a little hard on you. And I don't understand why she's attacking you anymore. And next time she does, I'm going to say something. I'm like, not you, Gina. Tamara's going to eat you alive. Like, can we nominate somebody else in the friend group to go up against Tamara? Because Gina, I don't think is well equipped for that job. Yeah, there was kind of it was an interesting scene, scene to say the least. It was kind of funny. Like, I actually kind of appreciated what Gina was trying to say, at least in her confessionals, just being about like 
you know, I'm trying to move on with this girl. She's a really cool girl. Besides us having that, you know, starting off on the wrong foot, like we've genuinely kind of gotten to know each other and she's cool. And, you know, I like that she's also kind of defending her when it comes to the relationship stuff. Like she's, she, Gina knows what it's like to go through a really crazy relationship. So I'm glad that she's also kind of stepping in and saying like, I don't think it's really cool how Jen's being treated by the other woman as well. So I'm also, I'm, I'm really more so going to be interested to see how this all plays out, not only later in the season, but at the reunion to see how they're going to try and like, make sense of the whole Jen and Ryan drama. Like how many of them are going to have Jen's back and say like, leave this girl alone when it comes to her relationship, or is it mainly going to be all of them kind of questioning her and still bringing up stuff to the surface? That's where things are going to be interesting compared to what we're seeing now. Yeah. And I think that too, well, of course they're all going to go in on her yeah. and they're all going to go in on the relationship. And if they do bring out the husbands or the boyfriend, they're definitely going to bring them out because of Ryan. Right. They're going to let the girls eat him alive yeah. like he and you know what's so funny is on his watch what happens live when he tried to do the whole dick pic merch thing and it did not land with andy it's you know what energy he's giving me slade mm-hmm. it's like yeah. the well do you remember like the old school clip that went back and slade's like well you know i if something would have happened then i i wouldn't be on the show i, I would leave the show and andy was like you're not a real housewife. If you are not with one of the real housewives, you are not on the show. And Slade's like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he's giving me. I want to be famous. 110%. I totally agree with you. I can't remember if it was you and me who talked. I think it was us who talked about this when he did that thing on Watch What Happens Live. If I was Jen and I was the one who was cast on the show and you are with me as my husband and then you are now trying to have a moment with the show's executive producer, reunion host on his show, I would be like, no, 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 no. Like, you are not the star of the show. You're trying to, like, create a moment right now. It's so cringy. Like, I would not like that whatsoever. It's like, girl, they cast me. They didn't cast you. So stop trying to, like, you know, be the star of the show because it's not cute. Well, those are the best husbands that like, those are the husbands that everyone usually loves are the ones that are there as like a support system. You, the wife bounces back and forth and they're kind of like, you handle it. And at the point that you need me to step in, I'll step in. And it's like, oh, we love him. Love and but they, when you get the one who's like, okay, girl, give me an orange. I'm like, no, bitch, you don't get an orange, Ryan. Okay. You don't slept with all the oranges in Orange County. Actually, we're revoking your orange. <laughs> period. And we don't want to see your limp pick. Okay. Now, and they they need to come up with like a a female version name. Remember, it was Peter and Patricia because Peter was in all the women's business on Atlanta. Like, that's what we need for Ryan. (laughs) Maybe Ryan, since Ryan is such a serial cheater, apparently, maybe we can call Ryan Raya. (laughs) Oh, that's actually clever. That's super clever. I see what you did there. (laughs) That was on the spot. I'm feeling pretty you know, shot up on four shots of espresso today. So I'm like, yeah, come on, Raya. We see you. Your little animal print collar, Ed Hardy, girl, go on. (laughs) Right. Oh my God. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that continues to play out. I'm I'm intrigued. Well, now here we go as we move forward and we get the Tamra, Jen, and well, this awkward ass situation of it all. But first it starts with, well, Shannon and John awkwardly welcoming Ryan, Jen and Tamara and Eddie over for the boat ride before we get here. And when they did, everybody starts coming in. You could see when Tamara says in her confessional, I'm so like, it's so awkward, you know, like I now I got to kind of see him after I've talked so much shit about him. I'm like, if you think this is awkward, girl, I can't wait to see you and Teddy at BravoCon 2023. Oh, why? Like you and them? No, no. Oh, not me. I don't know. If if Tamara could walk up to me and tell me to go kick rocks or F off or whatever, like I could see, I I don't know. That will probably be unfortunately very awkward. Yes, I'm sure I will have that run in. Teddy, I don't care. I'm just like, I will walk past. Like, I don't even know, like blinders, like a horse with blinders. (laughs) Tamara, you don't get that because she's like a bull in a china shop. <laughs> like so you're gonna know Tamara's there. Teddy, I probably won't even realize where she is there. So I think that's a little bit different. So at BravoCon, yes, I feel like I it's I mean I had last year it was Shannon for me. I had the awkward run in with Shannon. Oh, that, that was right after the heels on the heels of the Kelly Dodd interview. And I was right. like, hi, I was supposed to meet you at your house, supposed to come over because we were redoing our kitchen and Kelly was telling me that your kitchen how about your kitchen and we were supposed to go over your house and Shannon just looked at me like, who the fuck are you? Oh, like, 
Oh, she and I was it. with my friends and it was so awkward. I was oh, like, not that <laughs> I was so embarrassed, but I was embarrassed. Like I, I genuinely didn't go. Like I went to, I'm not a, you know what I mean? I'm not like a fangirl who's going to be like, can I have a photo with you and do that? I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I just, I thought it was, I thought it was a moment. I didn't realize her and Kelly were fighting because when I was there two months before they weren't, but I guess anything can change when you're a housewife. Exactly. Dynamics are constantly shifting. You honestly never know. And it's hard, especially when like, I, I, at that point, like the show wasn't airing. So we really didn't know what was going on. So yeah, it makes it very hard overall. (laughs) Yeah. That was an embarrassing one. I think I went straight to the bar after that. And I was like, can I have a Tito soda please? Because I just feel like, yeah, a double. My heart just fell into my ass. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Yep. Thank you. Uh, poor Adam. I cannot wait to hear the stories at this upcoming BravoCon. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> if walls could whisper, those oh. stories don't go anywhere from BravoCon. But you'll be living it with me, so it's okay. I can't wait. It'll be me. You. I mean, honestly, there's like it's. We're coming in with like a team. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have like the oh. best time. I'm but, so excited. What did you think about this awkwardness after Shannon and John Jansen ended up leaving the table and Eddie was like, I have a few questions for you. Did you cheat on your ex-wife? Did you say that you wanted to my wife? Did you cheat on Jen? I'm like, who's getting business is that? Uh, okay. Real tea. I was living. I, actually, I loved it, but I'm, I loved it. I love awkward. Eddie. I love Eddie. I've met him. I think I've only met him once. And when I tell you he was so nice, like Eddie is like one of the coolest guys that I've really ever met, especially in the Bravo universe. Um, Really cool. He's actually probably my favorite husband only because I really haven't met any of the husbands. Like, you know, I mainly just work with the wives, Um, but I did meet him and he was just so nice. And I honestly was living for this scene. I think people, at least for me, my memories of Eddie being on the show when I watched, when I first started watching um, I feel like he wasn't like that involved with the drama. I mean, the, the women would try talking about him and stuff like that, which, you know, isn't cute. Um, right. But I feel like he always had a, did a good job of like being mature, not like getting too involved, letting Tamara do her thing because she's good at what she does. Um, but I really kind of loved that, you know, in this situation, I don't feel like Eddie was being messy at all. I feel like, it, you know, he was like, I've heard you've been talking about my wife. Like, what's going on about that? Like, I would expect... Like if this was a real world, like a real world situation, no cameras, like this was just happening in a normal friend group. I would expect something like this to happen. Like the man would go to the man and be like, yo, I've heard these things. Like what's going on? Like that, I would expect that to happen. Not yo. Yo. <laughs> what's going yo. on? Yo. I heard this. Are those what the straights st- say? I'd say, hey, girl. So I heard. <laughs> I'm like, so sister, is this the tea? <laughs> That's what I would say. My but, God. Um, but I feel like in that situation, I really respected what Eddie was doing. I don't think he was being messy at all. I think he was keeping things engaging. And he was asking the questions I think any person would want to know. So I, I loved it. I actually think that Eddie knows his role as one of the husbands. I think he's very direct. I think he's a support system for Tamara. And he shows up when Tamara needs her. Otherwise, he just loves his wife. So I think that he's really good. And, and if you need a little bit of messy, well, he has his wife because his wife is, Tamara is messy as hell. Even when, I mean, and it's great. It's great TV. This is not a diss. Like I, I'm just, even in the confessionals when she's like, I just wanted to watch Heather squirm and I wanted to see if she was going to say anything about Shannon. And then Heather's in her confessionals and she's like, you think I'm telling Tammy Sue over here anything? Uh, no. And I'm like, girl, apparently you did tell Tammy Sue over here something because she's got some shit on you and she knows and she's over here testing you trying to see if you're going to take the bait and you're not taking the bait. But everybody's already talking about it. I know. I feel like Heather, Heather immediately knew what was going on in that situation. That's what I think is kind of great when you have um, I say OGs, but, you know, Heather and Tamara have been around forever. It's like I call them OGs when you have like two OGs that are kind of like testing each other because normally in the other seasons or in other franchises they're when when people have been around that long they're aligned they're like they have respect for each other they're not going to come for each other they go after the new girls when you see in a a situation like this like heather's been around tamra's been around yes they both just recently came back but like you know they put in their time and seeing these two kind of you can just tell in the scene like they're seeing what each other is doing and they're kind of like reading each other well and i live 
for that because Tamara and Heather could have just been best friends if they wanted to. They didn't have to do anything. But the fact that they're both kind of like seeing what they're doing to each other, it's like, oh, this is what we're doing. Oh, and it's like slowly building, you know? Yeah, it's kind of one of the, when I talked about OC one time with Jason on here and he brought my attention to a scene between Heather, Tamara, and Gina. And you could see Heather and Tamara carrying the conversation and they knew the dialogue back and forth and how to keep it moving. Whereas Gina just sat there and watched, like she looked like she was watching a pinball match. Yeah. You know, a pinball match, and, or is it pinball? Pinball? Ping pong? <laughs> is it, what's it? Ping pong? Ping pong. A ping pong match. I love you so I'm going to say tennis. Or table tennis. It's table tennis. A table tennis. <laughs> yeah, a what table tennis. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday, I was in Home Goods with Jason yesterday, and I said, Jason, can you grab me a buggy? And he's like, a buggy? And I said, a buggy. And he's like, girl, it's a cart. And I was like, oh, can you just grab the fucking thing that we load up? To make you feel better, I, I just had, um, I still don't know the word. I've, I've asked so many people. It's like an, uh, a thing that grew on my finger. It starts with an A. I can't remember. But I keep, I've been calling it an abyss. abyss. And people are like, a, a, bit, a black hole? <laughs> I'm like, what's it called? And they're like, I, I actually can't even remember the word. It's you, Certain words just don't register in my brain. So I've been there. I've been there way too many times when I've incorrectly called something something else. I think maybe it's just the gay thing, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just the ping ping match. Whatever. Moving on, you guys, with the ping-ping match. My whole thing here is, is with this kind of season in the drama, like, I I am enjoying with Gina, like, watching back and forth. That was my point, was piggybacking off of what you were saying. With the OGs, they know how to keep the storylines moving. And I think that it's important to have them there for that exact reason, because then you have somebody like Jennifer Pedranti who doesn't know what's next because she's not well-versed in filming a reality TV show. Now, had this have been anybody else and they had been a season housewife and Tamara was doing this to them, I feel like she would have gotten a totally different reaction. It wouldn't have been like, Tamara, I'll be your friend and I love you and I'll always hold you up and don't worry. It almost comes off like you're afraid that if she doesn't like you, you're getting kicked off this show. Yeah. And that's sad. It's like kind of pathetic. It, well, it's frustrating. And, and yeah, I, it's frustrating. honestly, I feel for Jen because in my opinion, like her reaction, I feel like is a very real reaction. I feel like if, I feel like Tamara and Jen really were friends. This is what it's like. I, I feel so conflicted sometimes with Tamara because I really do love Tamara. I think she's needed for the show. She's excellent. Like her coming back is what the show desperately needed. So mad respect to her as a housewife. But my thing is, I just can't help but put myself in Jen's shoes. Like if I was really your homegirl, like I was at your gym, we were friends, blah, blah, blah. And then you come, you bring me on the show. Like I'm coming on, you're, I'm being introduced into this group legitimately as your friends, not as a fake friend, because we've seen that before. They're actually friends. And then you're just throwing my relationship out there. You're talking about me. You're ta- I, I would be really, really crushed. And I feel like that's why maybe Jen is being so nice right now, because they are friends and she doesn't want this to really entirely blow up. But Tamara keeps pushing. So it's like, what are you going to do? So I kind of feel, I feel for Jen in that way. And that's where sometimes I'm like, man, Tamara, like you don't have to throw these friendships completely under the bus for the show. Like that's still your friend at the end of the day. I don't know. Yeah. And I also feel like, unfortunately, Jennifer Pedranti is not a formidable opponent for Tamara. I feel like Tamara is preying on somebody who is not, that is such an aggressive word. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I feel like Tamara targeted the person who she knew probably wasn't going to hold her own in this situation because this was the easiest, like it would have been Jen or Gina. Right. You know what I mean? Because Shannon's going to go like this and be like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) With the hands. And then Heather's just going to be like, if you come after my friend again, I will. You will lose a lot more than just my friendship. (laughs) That's a promise. And it's like, it's like, okay. All right, girl. <laughs> what am I, what am I no. about to lose the rental? I don't even own this house. What are you about to take from me? It's so true. No, I completely agree with you because it's actually, it's, it's one of those things, again, like where I really do respect Tamara. Like she's smart because not only was she coming back onto the show to like just, you know, cause problems and do what she does. She also is bringing on somebody that she knew she could start a storyline with and start a problem with and make people interested in and make the whole group like it's very smart. Like at the end of the day, Tamara really deserves that producer credit in a lot of ways. Cause she came onto that show with a girl. She knew she was going to take down or go after, I should say. 
um, amidst a bunch of other things that she's already done this season as well. So the girl works for her orange. Let's just say that. She works hard for the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tamara, we'll give you that. I oh. actually really, I, I really do like Tamara. So I love her. I, I do too. I do. I don't understand the disconnect. <laughs> I do too. But okay. As we continue on, you know, last night watching the episode, I immediately reached out to Shane because Shane's he's such a he's such a funny guy. Are you laughing because I reached out to him? I love it. I love that you're friendly with these husbands and the it cracks me up. I love it. it. It's like my little world over here, you know? Like we yeah. I, I like to talk to the cast members and the talent, the ones who like, you know. I feel like by making those relationships, it's easier to, when a story comes out, I can message somebody. I can ask like, hey, they said that this is going on. Is this true? Because I don't want to look stupid if I do this story. And they'll be like, fuck no, this is not true. Or yeah, put it out there. You know what I mean? And for Shane, Shane's just a nice guy and he watches YouTube and he watches the stuff. He supports his wife. And I told him last night, I thought it was great seeing that other side of him and the fans seeing it. And I think Emily seconded this because he was like, you know what? You, you're coming to me like I'm a smart aleck most of the time and I'm pretty dry and I can be a smart ass and maybe you don't like me, maybe you do. I don't really care. But my wife is coming to me and she's saying, hey, it's kind of like you're undermining my authority in front of the children. So it doesn't make me feel good. Can you please kind of back that shit up? And he was like, yeah, actually I can and I'm sorry. Yeah. I like that. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was so nice watching this relationship because what's interesting to me is I feel like we see so many different types of relationships on these housewife shows, right? And I'm going to be honest. I feel like for me, I don't know. This might be a little bit of a hot take, but I feel like we see a lot where the woman is not respected that much by her man. I think we've just seen that a lot throughout the housewives. And you could tell that Shane loves Emily. Like you can yeah. tell he loves her. Yes, he's a smart ass. Yeah, he can be, you know, he pokes the bear or whatever. But I I'm I can relate to that because I'm that way. Like my closest friends, I make fun of them all the time because, you know, that's it's as crazy as it sounds. It's like a love language. Like you love them so much that you feel comfortable that you can make fun of them. And when I love is when they give it right back to me because I'm very easy to make fun of, you know. So it's like fun when you kind of have that little bit of a banter. Yeah. Um, so when Shane is like making the jokes that he was making, I can tell he's not doing it to be mean. That's just kind of him just having fun with her and like as crazy as it sounds, showing love because he wouldn't just do that to anybody. He's doing it to the person he loves the most. And I think it's great that Emily can go to him and say like, listen, like I know you have your sense of humor and you make your jokes, but like I didn't really feel the like the way you were treating me back there. And what I love about him is he owns it and he apologizes and he wants to move on. And I think that's such a healthy thing that we never really see when it comes to these relationships. We usually see them fighting or there's a problem or whatever. Like these two are able to kind of work through their issues and they can do it on camera. Um, And I really respect that. Yeah, I agree with that. And also I feel like sometimes that could be, I don't want to just like put us in a box over here and be like, maybe because you said earlier, maybe that's a gay thing. I don't know. But I feel like (laughs) even with my friends, like, when I see, you know, my friend Logan, when we see each other, people are so confused because I'll, you know, walk up and, hey, how are you? And he's like, mm. <laughs> wow, aging, no Botox, no <laughs> cute. Still wearing the same shit. That's good. That's nice. And I'm like, so do you want to go get champagne? Of course, bitch. <laughs> yeah, oh, girl. Let's go get a champagne. You know what I mean? But it's just like that snarky. It's It's the love language. It's just being bitchy to each other. And there's really no need for it. But it's like what it is I'm it sorry. is what it is i know I, it's funny because people kind of ask that people who don't get it they're like why are you guys like always reading each other and there's really no answer for it i personally think it's because a lot of us grew up feeling so like insecure because of the gay thing we were really hard on ourselves and obviously a lot of us were either bullied or teased or whatever so i think it's kind of amazing that now as adults you know we've become we've come more into our own and we're living our best lives and all that teasing each other, making fun of each other. It's not from a mean place. It comes from a loving place. And we're taking that power back where we can kind of make these jokes and whatever. And we're not like so insulted. We're not so like in our feelings. We're more so laughing about it and it builds thicker skin. And we're not letting those things get to us anymore because now we're, you know, more comfortable with ourselves. So I think it's a very interesting, you know, evolution, I guess you could say. I agree. I agree with that. Also, wait, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the sale of the $55 million mansion? Ooh, okay, so that's super interesting, right? Because we saw Heather and Terry talking about it. Like, you know, maybe we should sell the house, maybe we shouldn't, blah, 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 blah. Um, well, first off, $55 million. 
Okay. I know sometimes we say like Heather is above these women. Like she re- like these other women are not in her reality and you know whatever. Girlies, this is proof. No one else is selling their house for 55 million dollars. Like I think when you hear something like that it makes you realize, "Oh, Heather really is in her own world. It really is Heather Dubrow's world." But I mean, like they've worked for that. And the fact that they are trying to move back to LA and do all these things like I just didn't realize it was that much money. Like the Dubros are getting that coin, girl. That's it's kind of well, like really, if you think about it, it's like it's a small handful of people that we've seen on the shows with this sort of wealth. Like Adrian Malouf. Mm-hmm. Remember when um Kathy Hilton was on and she's like, oh, I got bored, so I wanted to renovate this $50 million mansion. <laughs> We're like, okay, that's <laughs> Not relatable at all, right? right? <laughs> Bethany Frankel now, of course. And then who was the one that sort of... Oh, that's who she was. Diana Jenkins. Hmm. I was going to yeah. say Lisa Vanderpump, too. Lisa Vanderpump. I mean, with her swans. <laughs> I mean, like, come Pinky on. And Pinky It's just a whole new world. That is Lisa <laughs> Lisa Vanderpump. Like, you think Heather DeBros is in Heather DeBros' world? Lisa Vanderpump is like... It's like, I, well, I haven't seen the movie Barbie, but it's what I would imagine Barbie would be. Like when you walk in, it's like, hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Oh. Pink, roses, swans, diamonds, rosé. Uh, Can so I be fabulous, LVP for right? just a day? It's so fabulous. But I think one of the reasons why I, I love, I just love the Dubros because I just respect anyone who works hard. And what I love about the Dubros, they work hard. Like they do so many different types of business, like things we don't even know they're doing, they're doing in real time. And and the fact that they've been able to build such a, a strong amount of wealth and they're able to kind of do what they want and they're living life by their own terms. You just have to respect that. Like no matter how, you know, the women might feel about her or whatever, like they've worked for that and they're doing things that are best for them and their family. And you just got to respect that in my opinion. And I think it's funny that she's like, you know, like we found this cute little Pieter in LA, and it's a $16 million, people are saying apartment, condo, whatever you want to call it, Honey. it's in the sky, it's $16 million, and she's like, you know, like a cute little pied a terre and I'm like, can I have a cute pied a What? Like, most of these women don't even have, like, you know what I mean? Your $16 million pied a terre is probably more than what the entire rest of your castmates have in their bank accounts combined. Oh, 100%. But I was honestly, I was cracking up. Like when she said that word, which, you know, like none of us knew what that meant. Then they pull up the definition and it said like a small, you know, place. And then she's saying, we found this apartment. I love it. I'm like, apartment? I'm like, honey, this has like views of the city. You have an infinity pool. Like it's like a mansion for a lot of us. And that's an apartment. Like I was just like, I was actually cracking up. I was like, it's Heather Dubrow's world. Like this is an apartment to her. This is a, I don't even know the word, you know, small little place that she can go to. But to us, it's like fantasy, like a heaven. Like, again, you got to respect it. I mean, she's, she works for that. So she can enjoy those luxuries as much as she wants. (laughs) Yeah. Go on, go on, girl. It's a condo, same building that Candy Spelling lives in. Well, that's how you know it's money. Money, honey. And didn't they buy that? They're not renting it, right? They bought that. No, they bought that. And then they just bought that other one for, um, what was it? 30 million that they bought it for? So they bought two LA properties in total? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll show you right now. So they spent 46 million. So if the one was 16 million, the other is 30. So that's, I mean, you have to respect these people. So they spent 46 million on those properties, but they sold their OC house for 55 million. So what is that? They still made, after all of that, they still made $9 million? Oh, no. Actually, they, the house was listed, the Beverly Hills Mansion. It's only 9,000 square feet, though, of course. But it was listed for $37.5 million, and they ended up getting it for $16.1. So technically, oh. in her world, that's a steal. I would consider that a steal. Absolutely. That's I mean, like- it's less than... It's less than 50% of the asking price. Yeah, seriously. They saved $20 million. I mean, that's, that's So wait, right. you just bought a, your, your wow. cute little shack. That's the Pied-a-Terre shack. Right. And your Beverly Hills mansion. So we 16 and 16. 32. So we 32. We got 55 million. Plus you, we probably owed a little bit of money. It sounds like we're doing pretty good. 
yeah, sounds like they banked $23 million after buying two LA properties. It's not, it's no one else's reality. I mean, you have to respect that so much. No one else can do that. I mean, that's crazy. And she was saying too, she's like, you know, I can't go to this Beverly Hills mansion. She's like, I'm going to be spending the next three years renovating it. And they're like, people are like, they're like, what? And she's like, everything. It's, this is a shell. This mansion, the $16, it's a shell. The floor's got to go. The cabinet's got to go. The pool's got to go. The backyard's completely got to be reconstructed. Why don't you just buy a plot of land? Yeah, true. true. Like, if you're just going to rip it apart anyways, and just unless it was location, 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 which I believe it's yeah. close to the Beverly Hills Hotel, which is location, location, location. Yeah. I mean, it's just wild to me. It's funny because I talk about like with my friends who live in LA and stuff and, you know, I'll make the joke like, you know, I live in Vegas. It's so expensive to live in LA. Like not just anybody can buy a house. That's exactly what I mean. The people who are buying these houses are Heather Dubrow and you gotta, you gotta respect like the rest of us wish we could even afford rent in West Hollywood, but this girl is buying a mansion by the Beverly Hills hotel. So yeah. I mean, even, even if you look at like James Kennedy just bought that house in the Valley and I think it was 1.3 million, which is a cute house. It's a really cute house. But if you see like what you get, 1.3 million dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. It's a it's a shit ton of money. So like when you see what you get for it, you're like, you know what? 1.3 million dollars. We like it, it's just wild. I mean, if you go to South Florida, it also will probably be like LA, and you're not going to get shit for it. But if you go to like Vegas, Mississippi. Girl, or even here, the mansion you oh, can get in Vegas for a million dollars, like, I mean, it, it probably wouldn't compare to like, you know, a Texas, you know, mansion for a million dollars or something like that, or like an Oklahoma. Um, but girl, you could get a nice property out here in Vegas for a million dollars, you know? So it's it's very interesting just to see how vastly different the prices are or what, yeah. your, what the value is, I should say. Yeah, exactly. Samantha said 1.3 million in Texas, huge difference. and oh, Huge. Niall Stanton said, FYI, Heather downsized, nothing to brag about. No, Heather downsized her home to two separate homes and then upsized her bank account. So yes, it's a lot to brag about. You have to look at it that way. It's, it depends. It's, it's which way are you looking at it? She lived in the house. She had the staff. And she's, not, she's saving a lot of money on staff too. Yes. And one last thing. I actually don't think she comes up... I mean, I might be in the minority here, but I don't think she comes across as braggy. I mean, do you realize she could have easily been like gloating, like I just bought this, whatever the word was, Pierre for or this condo. Ping, ping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This ping ping, uh, this abyss in LA for a million dollars or what a sixty million dollars. She could be gloating, but she's like, no, we just got, bought this cute little place. I think we're gonna start moving up there. Like she's so casual about it. Like it's amazing. Oh, well, I wanted to say to you because you're always like a Heather DeBro stan in her elitist way which is amazing and i'm here to applaud it but like in the trailer sorry real quick and then we'll go but in the trailer when shannon and tamara like why wouldn't she tell us that she sold her house i'm like what and then what so you guys can rip her but that would just be bragging unrelatable condescending then she's an asshole like why if i were her and i'm treated the way that you guys are treating me telling you're telling me everything i do I told Gina, oh my God, you're going into real estate. Nikki's going into real estate too. That seems a little condescending, like you're putting me down. I tell them, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like they rip her for everything. Why the hell? She's not going to celebrate the sale of a $55 million mansion with them because those are people who are not going to be excited for her. Those are people who are going to look at her like, oh great, another win for DeBro. A hundred percent. Like, I know I do come across as a Heather Dubrow stan, but the facts are the facts. I mean, like she, and this is the classic scenario, like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like if she was going to talk about this purchase or selling her home, they were going to find something to, to, you know, criticize her about. If she doesn't talk about it, they're going to, as we're seeing, they're going to criticize her about that as well. So what is she supposed to do? Like, is she supposed to talk about the house being sold? Is she not supposed to? No matter what, these girls are coming at her. So like, Come on now. Like, what is she supposed to do? Like, how can you not feel for the girl? Like, she's screwed either way and she didn't do anything. She just sold her mansion. We should just be happy for her, honestly. Just be happy for her. It's very easy. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I mean, this has been, hey, Ricky, we lasted 50 minutes. This is crazy. So, bro, we're chatting. It's been two weeks. We have to catch up. It's been two weeks. You know what? Sometimes when, when people get like, 
ripped apart. When we come back together, we just need an extra minute, you know? A hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'm, I'm so happy that I finally got to see this South Carolina house. I cannot wait to see as you guys continue to move in, like all the shenanigans you're going to get into. I want to come and see this house one of these days. You're, you're coming to Vegas first and then I'm going to make my way out there one of these days. Yes, of course. No, it's actually, it's so funny because I see, and that's really sweet because at home people don't ask me if I have a green screen behind me. They're like, oh, that's Adam's little studio. But it's not a green screen. No, we just got here. And for everybody who's watching on here, um, I wanted to keep you guys posted for our members only because we're going to do a walkthrough on, um, with the house and just show everybody kind of what we're doing because the house is... It acts as sort of... It's a business. The house is a business. I'm not going to... I don't live here. This is our house, but it is acting as a business for rent. So if you guys want to rent short-term Airbnb and come play in Hilton Head, Girl. then get your Southern charm on and come play in Hilton Head. That would be like so iconic. Like I actually would even consider doing that. I would love to like, I've never been to South Carolina. So I would totally like get a group of girls and I would hit you up and be like, what are your rates? What are the dates? Let's make it happen. Like, I think it'd be so much fun. Family discount for sure. But loop me in. Oh my God, you're so sweet. Oh yeah, you would have to come. I'd be like, well, you have to come up with us. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be fun. Oh, we would have a, I mean, honestly, it's, you haven't, you have to see it. It's like, it's, I feel like, what did I make the joke earlier? And I was like, I feel like Snow Right, but I'm walking around, like I go outside and it's just like, chirp, 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 armadillo, chipmunks. And like, just these, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I What's know. going on? It's like, I'm, I'm living vicariously through you. Cause right now it's like 110 degrees in Las Vegas. It's not cute. The monsoon season's coming in and out. It's, it's gross. So I'm happy that you get to experience it for the rest of us. <laughs> Um, Vicky Harnish, I saw that you've asked this multiple times. What is the Mark Cuban thing, Adam? I didn't get it. Can you guys explain it? We still don't get it. We think it's called Fireside Platform. We think it's just like a YouTube equivalent, but yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, if you guys don't know, Ricky is about to tell you and let you know exactly where you can find him. And I am going to bring it up while he does and he can let us know what's going on. Yeah. So you guys can just follow me on all the platforms. I mainly use Twitter. Uh, Well, I guess it's X now. I'm sure you guys have been seeing that, especially if you're on, you know, Bravo, Stan, Twitter and whatnot. Like X, I guess, is what we're calling it now. So I'm on X. (laughs) I'm on X. I'm on the IG um, and then TikTok. Those are really like the main things I'm using. If you guys want to see some of my clips with my housewife interviews and stuff, Twitter is really the main place I post those. I do post them on TikTok occasionally as well. Uh, but I would say Twitter is the main thing where I post my work stuff. Instagram is more personal. So if you kind of want to follow me there, that's where you see my photos and my personal life and all that. So yeah, feel free to give me a follow. I was good at like bouncing in between the tabs while you were just walking us through. Mm-hmm. It was I great. Was like, thank you for the show and tell. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the show and tell. No, thank you. And if you guys really want to show and tell, then just go over to Ricky's Instagram because, well, he doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. I With like that, to- Ricky... <laughs> Guys, smash the like button, show some love, and we'll see you next time. Just not with Ricky, because he's got to go. See you soon, though. See you soon. Bye, guys. Love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.